brother was very embarrassed. Your way to do, little girl. That's why this movie doesn't work. It's got some fucked up premise. Fucked up premise. Shout, shout out to Sean Kingston. And British accents that actually Welsh accents and Welsh accents are a little more like this. Mate. Hey, that's a great Robert Downey Jr. impression. Um, can you do more? Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm Sherlock Holmes. Good day. Wow. And here's me really as captivated. here's me as Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Well, Lloyd, go get the pepper pots. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. It's been a while. Good to see you. Good to hear you. Yes. Nick, as well as see you in person. We're not vaccinated yet. Are you vaccinated without me knowing? Uh uh uh, uh got the rubella, got the tetanus, got the uh okay. Okay. hep A C A B C and sometimes D. Okay. Um Oh, you, oh! You're talking about uh, the, the the yeah yeah that yeah Roni that Roni back. So so until the day that me and you are vaccinated, I think we're still uh, in quarantine season, right? Yeah, still, isolation series. We're still in the isolation series. Obviously, and even post vaccination, we're still isolation series because nobody likes us. That's true. We're here to talk about Doolittle. It's the Razzie episode. Razzie episode. Boop, boop, boop. Bow, bow, bow. Bow, bow, bow. We love the Razzie episode because we choose the Razzie winner of the year, and we chose Doolittle this the year. The audience choice. It's yeah. basically the audience choice awards. Not no snuffy, stuffy old uh, yeah, yeah, backwards, yeah. backwards press association that likes to poop on movies. Give the people what they want, and this is what we want. Uh, Razzies, if you want to pay us to do a podcast... We'll we'll do your podcast. Hey. We'll do the Razzie. We can make this into a Razzie's podcast. Don't have to be a blank check. Just give us just give us cents on the dollar. Yeah, literally cents on the dollar. Cents on. A we'll dollar. do this for a hundred dollars an episode. That's thousand high. thousand dollars an episode. A thousand pennies per episode. Well, we got to start high, otherwise a thousand greased up pennies delivered to my driveway <laughs> per episode. That's exactly right. I'll do it for uh, kibbles and bits, which is what I would say if I could talk to cats. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, let's let's bring up the fact that first off, this isn't the Doctor Doolittle one or two from uh, the late '90s, early 2000s, which we recently talked about, st- starring Edward uh, Edward R. Murphy. Recently talked about. <laughs> it's also not a. Uh, it's also not the 1967 Doolittle uh, starring oh, yes. Dead Guy. I'm assuming. I think it was Richard Burton. I don't Richard know. Burton. Dick I don't know. Dick Burt. Uh, not starring Dick Burt. We're here to talk about our DJ. Uh, Robert Doolittle Jr. and his Robert Doolittle Jr. <laughs> I mean, he might as well change his last name to Doolittle. Now, yeah, might That's as well. He go full Cornish. That's where we're at. I'm ready to. I'm ready for it. Uh, this is Real Rotten, the podcast where we watch movies that are need 25 percent of Rotten Tomatoes. I'm Nick. I'm Stephen, and that was a meandering introduction. Uh, any movie news, Nick? Yeah, there's some movie news. Uh, it's not just Razzie season. It's also Oscar season, and we're here to say once and for all, we are a Glenn Close podcast. Yeah, obviously. We've been a Glenn Close podcast for probably as long as we've been a podcast. I personally am a fan of 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 females who have male names. Yes. Yes. Two uh, N Glenn. Two. Two yeah, N Glenn. Uh, so we wanted to we want to start her campaign unofficially. Uh, she's the she's going to be the first ever person or second ever person nominated for a Razzie and an Oscar in the same year for the same role for the same role. Yeah. What was the other person? I don't know. Yeah, good thing we don't have a fact shack around us. Speaking anytime. of yeah, speaking of no facts, post fact society today. Yeah, we're it's subjective silliness all all episode long. So get ready for all that joy. She's been nominated for seven Oscars and has not won. She used to keep all of her on screen costumes. Glenn Close. 
So she's got the Cruella outfit. She almost didn't play Cruella. Uh, the producers then approached Sigourney Weaver and Kathy Moriarty, who both declined. And Kathy then they w- Moriarty is, an, <laughs> is a that name. Like, I know who that is. I don't know a thing about Kathy uh, Moriarty. Kathy Moriarty is, is who you think she is. Her she, name's not even clickable on the thing. She was in Analyze That. She was in, uh, she was the, she was the girl boss in Analyze That. The girl, the girl gangster boss in Analyze That. Okay. She was in Casper. Uh, she, oh, Casper! She's she um she's been in every Law and Order. Well, congrats to her. Uh, also, congrats to Glenn Close for being related to the late Princess Diana. The two long lost cousins <laughs> met at the London premiere of Dangerous Liaisons in oh, wow. uh, March nineteen ninety nine, which I just watched uh, really? a month ago. Never seen it. It is something. It it's it's peak. Is it like the firm? It's weird. Yeah. No, it's weird in that they make John Malkovich. You've seen Cruel Intentions, right? Yes. John Malkovich is, uh, it's based on the same thing. Uh, John Malkovich is Ryan Felipe. Mm, And John Malkovich has like a sexual appetite, but not in the way that you might think of for that movie. No. Uh, His is, just looking at John Malkovich, you can tell that he's an intense lover. I never want to see men who are balding uh, uh, have intercourse. Like a guy with a horseshoe haircut, don't want to ever see him naked. Don't ever want to see him naked and participate yeah, or like, in sexual Yeah, or activities. like, uh, yeah, seducing a lot of women. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't, it's like a, it's weird. It's like watching the, uh, it's like watching the fireman from Twin Peaks <laughs> trying to seduce <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah, you're right. And uh, hopping back on the Glenn Close train to uh, uh, Oscar season, She's she grew up in a religious cult. So there you go. What's the cult? Do we have the name? Moral rearmament. Moral rearmament. I'm yeah. I'm diving deep right Founded now. Founded by the uh, ev- evangelical Reverend Frank Buckman, uh, espoused the idea that changing of the world began with the changing the inv- individual. So uh, literally called MRA. So you know they're they're straight up fools. I mean MRA is back in the news lately, uh, but there's another N in there. MRNA is uh, changing the world. <laughs> Mr. So. R- Mr. N- I don't even know how to, what you're even going it's with It's DNA. That. It's, the, it's oh. the new DNA. <laughs> Reoxy di- di- nucleus. Yeah, we're here to change I was vaccines. Thinking, I was thinking of a... I'm ready for it. I was thinking Let's, of... I'm glad COVID might have solved more vac- more uh, more diseases than just COVID. Solved so. more problems than it caused. We're all here for it. Sure. That's, a, that's not a hot take. Um, uh, she also used to run a bookshop and coffee shop in Montana with her sister. She looks like she she can survive the cold. Yeah, it was called Leaf and Bean. She's actually in Montana. She's Leaf she's a Montana great. resident. She's a Montanan hanging yeah. out with Henry Winkler. Going, she's, a, she's a huge New York Mets baseball fan. Being from Montana, I I ask uh, sure. I ask sure. Yeah, her grandmother was a Yankees fan, so she grew up as a baseball child. And uh, she switched the Nets, you know, be- uh, the Mets because she wanted to. So, yeah. there you go. Okay. Thanks, thanks, Glenn. So, how are we not going to give this woman an Oscar? We got to give Glenn Close an Oscar. She deserves it, not for that movie, but uh, no, for this, for movie. every other movie, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for something. Give it to her. Just no. give it to her. She doesn't just deserve it, it for just Hillbilly give it Elegy, to her. and she doesn't deserve the Razzie for Hillbilly Elegy. Let's just throw that out the window. She doesn't deserve the Razzie for Hillbilly Elegy, strictly based on her makeup. Like she looks phenomenal. She looks like someone that I've met at a Piggly Wiggly when I was six years old in in, in the backwoods of Virginia. I think that somebody, uh, most people, just saw that and nominated her. Yeah, they were just like, of course, that looks great. Yeah, like uh, her and Albert Nobbs. Like, of course, you're gonna nominate her. <laughs> Duh. Ah, oh, Nobby, man. <laughs> Albert Nobbs is a movie I would create an ironic podcast about. Uh, put it on the list. Put it on the po- put it on the podcast list where you watch it once a year and deep dive into it. Yeah, yeah. Then the, the uh, not for all my knob heads out there, we're just getting back into Albert. It's time to get um, time to do time little. To do more. Time to do more oh, with yeah, do little. That's what I meant. Yeah. Time to do more with do little. Doctor Doolittle, you can talk to animals. Yes. <laughs> what bird stuff can you do? Well, what bear stuff can you do? You win this round. Hello, lunch. That's gotta hurt. Do it all. Yeah, sure. Uh, this movie wasn't nearly as exciting as that trailer. No, not at all. Critical consensus of Doolittle from 2020 is 14%. Audience rating, 76%. Huge discrepancy. 
Huge. 62% discrepancy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how? How and why? But at the same time, I asked myself how and why is the same same reason why our previous episode, Tom and Jerry, was, was a huge discrepancy. It was you know around the 20s, but it was high, high percentage audience rating. And that was strictly because we're not the audience for this film. Audiences Listen. are dumb. Yeah. Audiences are... Dumb are, people. But dumb people factories. Are the not low IQ individuals. They are, uh, uh, they are underdeveloped IQs. It's it's kids. This is a kids movie. This is for families. This is this is for to take your young child to see. I love movies and I love movie theaters and I love going to them, but I think that I am if movie theaters open today and you had free access, free popcorn, free whatever you wanted in the movie theater, but the only movie you could watch was either Battlefield Earth or Doolittle, okay. would you go to the movies? Yeah. Which would you see? Uh can I do both? Can I just do both? So <laughs> I you haven't would, been to a movie theater so in so long. So Let you're, me do you're it. that desperate for a movie theater, you'll you'll have to go see Doolittle. But that's the only movie you can see, yeah. like for a long time. Yeah. Are you sure? I guess. Okay. I'll see any movie in theater at this point. Yeah. Once you. I this mean, point, I'm adult getting, theaters are open. Why don't you go hang out there for a minute? I'm getting very desperate. Yeah. I'm just uh uh it's it's been a long hard road and I can't wait to get vaccinated Shibai! so I can go see these movies. I think that's going to be the main reason I will get vaccinated is to see movies in theaters. Again, the Rotten Tomatoes blurb is <laughs> Doolittle may be enough to entertain very young viewers, but they deserve better than this rote adaptation jumbled story of stale humor. That was almost as uh, uh unintelligible as Robert Downey Jr. speaking throughout <laughs> the film. Sorry, uh, this, no, my nose is stuffed up. Hey, you're fine. I'm My just, nose is stuffed. There's nothing I can do. I'm being objective. It's allergy season. With that subjective statement. My uh, blurb was from our, our old friend Christy Lemire of, uh, of Now Breakfast All Day. Never heard of it. Um, she stated, what did everyone think was the good idea here? <laughs> that's, a, that's actually a great point that we should uh, uh, come back around on. We will. Mine's from Clarice Luray, and she said, do little ought to have done less. And uh, I chose it because that's one that we would do for our podcast. We're going to steal we're it. We're going to steal it. Yeah, that's end. what we're going mean, to say later. We're phoning it in just we're, like Stephen Gagan at for the sure end of this podcast. Going to, for sure going to say that at the end of this podcast. Uh, Eber didn't uh, review this movie because he's dead. So uh, now it's Peter Bradshaw. Of hey, the, of our, our guy, our guy. Our, our, uh, the our guardian. snooty, our snooty guardian. Uh, it's our favorite segment of today, Audie Pete. Re- Let me see if I can do this. It really is horribly inert, and every time Danny opens his mouth to say something unintelligible, the film dies a bit more. <laughs> yeah, that hit the spot for me. I don't know about you. Peter Bradshaw, uh, reach out to me on social media. I'll be happy to get your voice correct. PB, PB. Time to go to the fact corner. No, it's the subjective uh, station here, um, starring starring your boy, Steven. Subjective station with your boy, Stephen. Uh, the release date of this movie was January 17, 2020. Stephen's subjective station? Yeah, Stephen's subjective station. I like that. Triple S. Stephen's subjective station. We don't want no double S. Uh, release date was uh, January 17, 2020. Do you remember a simpler time than January 2020? Because I don't. Almost unbelievable how different of a time this movie. This when this movie was coming out, it was the le- it was the most of our worries. Yeah, you know? yeah, like oh, really? This movie's coming out. Looks like we can't use our AMC Stubbs Pass to watch this one. <laughs> yeah, it was like, do do I? Uh, Why would spend I waste an hour and a half in this movie? Why waste? I'm paying twenty dollars a month. So if these movies come out, January is a hot movie month too. It's because you get the back end Oscar. Movies. You get back end Oscars, but also the but they're not always in AMC. So that's that's the that's, that's the, the only issue. And then the major releases are all the uh, the dump the dumpsters. The yeah, dumpster movies. Yeah, it's the uh, hopefully nobody watches this. dumb scary movies. People uh, people who or movies that that the execs didn't rely on at all, so they pushed it to January. Or the ones like this that were just in complete turmoil. and <laughs> They had no choice. They had no choice but yeah. to just get it over with. Oh, boy. It turns out they could have just waited waited two more months, and they could have had an excuse. Something. To why it didn't make any money. Right, right, right. They actually made a decent amount of it money did, on it, this Yeah, story. that's the weirdest part. It did make money, but I guess they wanted I guess like over, half a billion over, dollars. Overseas, it came back around. To, uh, I'll spoil it right now. 254 Yeah, Yeah, that's the worldwide, and it was... Or 245 Million worldwide, but 175 budget. You got to think the the marketing the was a lot. They did lose money on this, but yes. not as much as you might have thought. They lost money because they had to reshoot this. 
That's why. Yeah, they had to do reshoots, and they had to test multiple times. Freaking terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, now that we're done with uh, <laughs> subjective this, let's get some objective things out of the way. It was rated PG, and it was a 101-minute runtime. Yeah. Not bad. With 11 minutes of credits. Basically, 10 minutes of credits, yeah. Long credits, but in a good way. Yeah, yeah. So, probably the right time of a movie. Sure, yeah. It's in our wheelhouse, that's for sure, but um, I think it, think it's for being this so fresh the- of a movie, not Rotten Tomatoes-wise, but time-wise, it's, it's, to, it's hard to find any redeeming qualities right It's now. the type of disaster of a movie that you would think would be longer. Right, like... Um, a lot of the times when you have a bad movie, you just make it longer. Like this movie. <laughs> the Joker. McConaughey. <laughs> and fucking Anne Hathaway. What's the movie? Fishing. All of them. Serenity. Serenity. <laughs> Serenity now. Serenity now, goddammit. <laughs> well, uh, uh, recent example, uh, Zack Snyder's cut of, uh, <laughs> <Wow>. of Batman. <laughs> wow. Just make it longer. That way people think oh, it's better. brother, this guy stinks. We, it's called Stockholm syndrome, people. We need to. It need to. It needs to be in the lexicon. Now I know my real recommendation. Let's move on. <laughs> taglines. Uh, taglines. Uh, the the only one we could pull up. He's just not a people person. That's a good tagline, like to be it. honest. No, I like it. Uh, better than mine, which is if you could talk to animals, what would you say? That's for the kids. Uh, my tag is always bet on the vet who can speak to your pet. <laughs> which is a which would be him if he was living in like Modesto and made a uh, TV commercial. And sold it to local channels. I mean, we'll get into it, but that would be a better Doolittle than this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. I think that's where, I'll talk about it right now, that's where the Eddie Murphy did it right, in mm-hmm. that they made it like a family dramedy situation. Right. Set it in like a real world. And he didn't know that he could talk to animals. Yeah. Or and he forgot. He, yeah. And he just started, and things, and it was fun, and uh, you figured it out as he went along. It wasn't, yeah. you were just thrown into it, and then it, it, it didn't I like that they didn't explain anything, but also Hot Take. What? Um, <laughs> hot take, uh the reason he blocked out uh the reason he blocked out he could talk to animals was the his first talking dog uh was a lady dog voiced by Ellen. So we're apparently alluded to the fact that that's a lesbian dog and uh he was he was part of a religious family. Remember the devil devil come out of this kid? Yep. He was speaking to animals. Yep. Part of a heavily religious family. So he was shunned into thinking gay people were bad and gay dogs were bad. So he just blocked it all out. Wow, and that's then, how it all started. Yep, that's how it all started. How that's how you get Tom Holland as a dog. Oh, brother. Um plot keywords. Speaking of Tom Holland, gorilla, grief, duck, live action CGI bird, which is an oxymoron, <laughs> and and ship. Okay. Yeah. Uh, gr- grief as number two is pretty pretty weird. Really great. That's yeah. what I love. I love that when you walked out of it, they asked you to. I um. This is how I'm assuming they get the IMDb plot keywords. Just let it go. They have people walk out of the theater that say, "Write down the first five things you think of." Right. After seeing this movie, and somebody was like, "Gorilla, grief, duck, live action, CGI, bird, and ship." Like, pack it in. We're, pack it up. We're we're done here. That was it. Yeah, yeah, I would read that guy's card and be like, "I'm ripping up every other card." This is these are the plot keywords we need. That guy is starring in Sia's new movie. <laughs> Uh, cut that part out, Kyle. <laughs> uh, we are at, not a music podcast. We are actually the Razzies that we, the Razzie movie that we do every year. We don't really say this, but is the one we want to win. I think this deserves to win worst movie of twenty twenty. We say that every time, Nick. But yeah, you're right. This this should be the winner of uh, of the of the in worst a good of and a bad way. Yeah, because it had a shi- it had shining moments, uh, but overall it was a unhappy experience. Yeah. Trivia. There's a lot of trivia about this movie. First, let's let's just tell like the general story of this movie is that it let's was Let's not do a plot summary then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do a plot summary. They need to make a Heart of Darkness. We for, can do for that. Doolittle but this one could it could be a Heart of Darkness eventually. Is that So, Downey uh is brought the script for this movie. Right. And then he and his wife take it into their production company and then Downey says, "I got some ideas." So they're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, I guess we'll do that. And then they go off, change a lot of things. He has some ideas about it. Because he wanted to put the, put in the whole Cornishness uh, of it, right? <laughs> some reason. I mean, nobody 
really understands like what happened in this movie. The biggest leaks around this movie was happened after they hired Stephen Gagan. So Stephen Gagan, 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 he is ultra serious director writer, won an Oscar for Traffic, did Syriana. Yeah, did Syriana. And his uh his experience was not in the children's realm. No. So they bring in this guy for some fucking reason. And he was available. That's where everything kind of uh, starts to, you know, Downey wants to do like this kind of improvisational movie with CGI <laughs> animal characters. And then Gagan is into it. They start shooting scenes without knowing where the animals are going to be. And then everything devolves from there. We've actually talked about this on previous podcasts multiple times. Yeah, right when the film came out, because it, it was it was going to be, uh, and we were like, "This is for us." Yeah, we belong here because it was going to be a happy uh, a happy romp uh, through Doolittle, and then uh, and then COVID nineteen happened. So there's that. So then eventually it goes under twenty one days of reshoots following poor test screenings. They bring in a new director, Jonathan Leavesman. How do you have three weeks of of production after post production? I've never heard of that. I don't know if I've heard like, that. Post-production is like half the movie, too. Yeah, there is no post-production. Yeah, <laughs> or there is so much post-production, there is no release. So Chris McKay comes in to write new stuff, and uh, Jonathan Liebsman, who neither are credited on the movie. Right. Uh, it's a gig and, ve- gig and vehicle. Yeah, so he keeps his name on everything after, after just leaving. Uh, Chris McKay, who helped write Lego Batman Lego movies. Right. Or uh, worked on them, and then... Liebsman, who worked on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. So they, <laughs> he did the Clash of the Titans, Wrath of the Titans guy. Teen, te- oh, yeah, Teenage Mutant right. Ninja Turtles. That's right, I looked so, this guy up. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that makes sense. That TMNT guy, yeah. Yeah, because he knows his CGI. And his and his kids' jokes. So they bring Part them in. jokes. Uh, it's actually, they should get the Oscar the for... Finishing this movie and making it seem like what's that award? Know, what's that co- award they coherent? usually give? They give to people for for that. It's not like the effort award. It's the band aid award. No, it's the uh, doctor. The doctor Doolittle award. <laughs> it's like uh, Doctor Doolittle is the first director that gets fired for the movie, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robert, you step into my office because you're fucking fired. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Just, 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 just wild, wild like the animals in this film. But really, the the genesis of where it all went downhill is uh, Robert Downey Jr. He talked to Joe Rogan about it. He said the inspiration for Doolittle came from a Welsh neo pagan physician called William Price. Same way I did with Iron Man before I signed on. I just googled weirdest Welsh doctor. <laughs> I just wanted to think of. Oh, I don't want to do another English accent. So there's this guy named William Price who's a nutty Welsh doctor. He was also neo druidist. He believed that he could communicate with all of nature and all that right. stuff. Yeah. I sent a picture of this wild looking guy with a suit and stars and to Gagan and he said, That looks good to me. Great, let's do this movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it didn't uh, isn't didn't Gagan have a, a a dog on set that was yeah. So that that was the other part of the elite uh, crew member is the yeah. racist a racist, the racist dog. dog yeah, yes. the racist dog, which we we have talked about for sure. Yeah, before. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, a lot of like really great things came out of this movie that are just unbelievable mm-hmm. and totally believable all at the same time. It, it so forgive me because I was thinking but, this but whole time. Are, that's not even trivia. That's just like the story of it happening. You know. I mean, for the longest time, I thought uh, he was Cornish and and not Welsh. So there's a lot of famous Welsh actors that have could that could have played this role. As we get into the acting section, this is Robert Downey Jr.'s first non-Iron Man movie since The Judge in 2014. He only chooses bad movies other than Iron Man. Yeah, I mean Sherlock Holmes. He's, That's he's okay. He's okay. In. That's okay because yeah, I he's mean, okay in this. He's that o- was because of okay Iron Man. in the judge. I've never seen the judge. Uh, it was like he was not good in due date. The judge was like one of those like funny, really good bad movies. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, I just had no interest. Um, he was he was bad in due date. He was bad in uh in our previous movie, U.S. Marshals. That was pre uh that was pre rehab uh, maybe RDJ. he's not a, yeah maybe he's just he's not in great. our he's in our most hated movie um by john favreau chef um jeff uh he's not that good <laughs> jeff we we know how to fix this movie we'll get to it later uh any no, other things no just a notable crew member uh music by danny elfman danny elfman who um uh, is a, a now legendary composer 
but uh, most famously, I think we brought it up in the podcast, as leader of the band Oingo Boingo. Yeah, Oingo Boingo. Mm-hmm. Uh, actors, speaking of Deadman, actors. Real quick, I'm going to run through all of them. Yeah, Here we go. Yeah, go Robert Downey Jr., Harry Collette as Tommy Stubbins. As Stubbins. Do a little self-appointed apprentice. Uh, Antonio Banderas as uh, bad guy number two. Michael Sheen as bad guy number... Oh, no. Antonio Banderas is bad guy number three, King Rasuli. Uh, that's the father of, his, right, of yeah. his dead wife. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Michael Sheen is bad guy number two, who is a Dr. Moodfly. Uh, old schoolmate of Doolittle, who is not good at anything. Shitty uh, trivia moment. Apparently, they named they named him Blair based off of Michael Sheen's uh, roles of Tony Blair during <laughs> The Queen and uh, the other TV movie. You can Tony hardly Blair. recognize uh, Michael Sheen, to be honest. No, I, he's 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 got a fa- he's, he's got pretty distinct his though, in general. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim Broadbent is a uh, bad guy number one, and then uh, all trying to kill the Queen, who is uh, played by Jesse Buckley. Who's who, where, who is, where like, is she famous from? She's in. Uh, Wild Rose, where she's an right. Irish Irish singer who wants Scottish to, Scottish girl who wants to be a uh, country singer, and then she's in uh, I'm thinking about Andy things. Oh, that's right. That's she's right. got the mess of red hair. She's actually uh, she's she's a breakout star. Keep her on the lookout. She's on Nick's hot picks. She's from Glasgow, which apparently you're supposed to pronounce uh, anyone from Glasgow Go-go. as Glaswegian. What? Yeah, Glaswegian. <laughs> a troubled young Glaswegian woman dreams of becoming a national country star. Well, that's more than we've ever heard. That's a better fact. Than, that's a better fact than we've ever gotten from the fact shack or the fact corner. Yeah, I mean, who do you, I mean, uh, other notables we got uh, Ralph Venison as uh, Arnold Stubbins, who is Tommy's uncle. Who Ralph Venison, who's very famous when you see him. You you know he's from a lot of movies. Most famously, uh, Elf. Right? He was the mail mail one of the the mailroom clerk who gets uh, Buddy drunk. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, he is in that. Yeah, uh, he's also the father in in the Vitch. In the Vitch, yes. Uh, speaking of, uh, R.I.P. Prince Philip, who is uh, Prince Black Philip. <laughs> <laughs> Prince uh, Philip, who's number seven, uh, behind Black Philip, who is number five. Oh, he's no, he's number six hundred sixty-six. That's an easy <laughs> joke. Um, yeah, uh, Kazia Smutniak, or Smutniak, Kazia Kazia. Kasia. I'm going to say, or Kasia. Kasia Smutnik. <laughs> I think what happened, That's that plays Lily Doodle, his deceased wife. So the reason she's not back in the movie later in the movie, she's not famous enough. Oh, well, she also got swallowed by the ocean. That's well, so, so they say. I mean, we didn't, we saw it in a Oh, wait for the sequel where some, she turns into a mermaid. Some voices. So the voice acting is really where they spent a lot, all the money. Yeah. We got Emma Thompson as a bird. We got Polly, yeah, Polly R- the Polly the parrot. Rami Malek as Chi-Chi. unbelievable. The mountain gorilla, unbelievable. John Cena as Yoshi, Yoshi, a happy-go-lucky polar bear. I wonder why his name is Yoshi. I don't know. Kamel Nanjani as Plumpton, mischievous and critical, but well-meaning ostrich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kamel, his second voice role uh, that shows up on the podcast. Yeah, Octavia Spencer as Dab Dab, Dab Dab, a duck. That's Tom, how you. That's how you say your name. Yeah, that was good. Tom Holland is Jip, a loyal dog who wears glasses. Yep. <laughs> Craig Robinson is Kevin, a cheeky, chippy red squirrel with a bad attitude. Rafe Fiennes is Barry, the aggressive Bengal tiger. Barry Bernstein, by the way. And uh, Selena Gomez as a giraffe. And her lover in the movie, which is a fox named Ale- Marion Cotillard. Alleged lover is Tutu the French fox by Marion Cotillard. And then, oh yeah, of course you can't you can't forget uh, our guy Jason Matsuzakis yeah. as uh, James the Dragonfly and a cameo by Will Arnett. Will Arnett. So when you look at that list, you realize it's a lot of big names, but not a lot of good actors, uh, especially voice wise. A lot of ro- a lot of role players. Yeah. Well, Except there's Emma two, I mean, three Oscar winners in in that group alone. But the, but they come from being role players, like like specifically Octavia Spencer and specifically Marion Cotillard. Yeah, Emma Thompson tries to bridge the whole movie. We what happened to Emma Thompson? Where she just decided we're only doing her and Octavia Spencer. We should talk about because they're both like they just do anything. They could have been one character. Like Polly could have done everything that Dab Dab did. I would have wanted Octavia Spencer to do three, have her do three voices. Right. Which uh, voices did you recognize first in the movie? Obviously John Cena. That's the give. That's a. Give I me. didn't recognize John Cena. That's crazy to me. Um, I only recognized the only ones I recognized off the. Emma bat. Thompson for sure. She's a, she's a giveaway. 
Yeah, no, I dead did, giveaway. I, I didn't recognize them. You are a crazy person. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I'm, I don't There's, know. They're like two right. And then Kumail. Yeah, British woman. Kumail, Kumail and Marion Cotard were the only, and Jason Manzoukas. Jason Manzoukas has the most yeah. distinctive voice out of everybody. Yeah. After after like the four first introductions of pet of uh, pets of the animals, I looked up the, the rest of the names. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot those people were in it. I watched it three times trying to figure it out. You're funny. And I couldn't. <laughs> I feel sorry for you. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm just bad at that. Police! Movie plot. Dr. John Doolittle lives in solitude behind the walls of his lush manor in 19th century England. His only companionship comes from an array of exotic animals that he speaks to on a daily basis. But when Queen Victoria becomes gravely ill, young Queen Victoria. So this is set in the... Victorian fi- England. 50s? It just said 19th century England. I'll let you take a second guess. Yeah, it's 1850s. <laughs> You're serious about 1950s? Uh, <laughs> this is like uh, between 18, maybe late 1850s, 1860s to about 1890. All, well, she all, reigned all, till five corner it. No, she reigned until um, 1900. Until George, until King George, until Colin Firth. Colin Firth was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. then he was like, I, right? I, 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 I can't, can't be king anymore. <laughs> We're not doing British history. Cut We're all a disaster. <laughs> God damn it. I hate British history. It's so convoluted. Um, but when young Vin- Queen Victoria becomes gravely ill. Like 1840. No. 1830. Yeah. The eccentric doctor and his furry friends embark on an epic adventure to a mythical island to find the cure. Great. Sure. Cool. I'm in. I'm in on that story. Yeah. I think I'm in on that story. I mean, it's based off a book, so so it, the movie reads like a book. If, I think that's the best way to convey this. It reads like it a reads book. like a children's book where it just exactly. jump, it jumps from thing to thing, and you're like, "Where's the Where's the bridge?" Exactly. But a lot of things happen in this movie. They go they go on three or four separate adventures, and every time, none of it feels necessary to the movie at all. But it does. Uh, the adventure, they they all fall into each other. You know, it's like um, they're, they're, you get the setup of the kid hunting. Kid stumbles upon this this old secret garden. No way, it's not a secret garden. It's the sanctuary of John Doolittle. Uh, hangs out with him, wants to become him. Uh, uh, gets called by the Lady Rose. Who, I have no idea who Lady Rose is to this day. That's a ghost. That's a ghost to me. She's a she's a spirit. She's the she's the craziest part of this movie, I think. Yeah. So yeah. why was she in charge of everything? And it, she she's the savior of the queen. She was Victoria's first lover. That's the that's the rumor. Lady Rose. Yeah, Lady Rose. That child. That child. Child lover. Oh. Twist. Yeah. Wow. That's the theory. But we'll see. That is a. Do we have a hot take button? <laughs> it's a hot take right <laughs> Do we here. We have a we have a historical hot take. <laughs> That's the hot take one. It's not true. Oh no! Here's the hot take. Actual hot take. <laughs> we, Laughable. We only have one scene, but we'll talk about that after we talk about some of the are you for real. So let's talk about uh, first the whole talking animals. Uh, yes, I see where you're going with this. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you talk. Doctor Doolittle with Eddie Murphy. We don't hear Eddie Murphy talk animal, right? No, he's speaking to him in, in plain English. Do you care if you hear a human talk in animal for that to make for it to make enough sense to you how they can talk an- to animals? I was going to wait, but no, but the fact that they introduced it as him speaking animal to them and then reverting to to them speaking English to him I, I love that. I love that trope. That trope needs to happen in every movie where people are speaking a different language. To animals? No, just any language. Like, like if it's a Russian movie, but all the actors are, are English or British, they're gonna um, they're gonna speak in Russian for like a f- couple sentences, and then it's gonna flip, like in Hunt for Red October, or like in um, yeah, like when it's on, the camera moves like five feet in, and then it changes, and then it flips out, and <laughs> yeah. then it's like, oh, we're speaking English now. I love that. I'm all about that because it's like, hey, I'm the audience. I'm diving right in, and I'm I'm in this world, and I can speak Russian now. It is a way to ease you in. I've always thought about that. That that was the way I came around on those movies where they always have British people play 
like Russians and or Germans, like Americans or, playing uh playing to, uh, uh uh fucking Nikita Khrushchev and the death of Stalin. Love it. Literally anything is yeah. like this movie is. It, they're just skipping the translation point. They're just like giving yeah. it to you in English. They're right. they're dubbing it but making it more authentic. Yeah, yeah. Like not a lot to get mad America about. America doesn't watch Russian movies. And that's what they're doing in this. I'm just saying they didn't have to do, have parts where Robert Downey Jr. is doing uh, speaking click and clacks <laughs> like <laughs> like gorilla voices. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine sometimes, but it's, it's not, not. It's nonsense and it makes it dumb. It's That's okay. what I'm saying. Okay, I get what, like I said, I get the what you're saying. The whole thing's dumb when he does it. Well, it's not Robert Downey Jr. It's okay when he does it because he can actually, like, have long-term conversations with animals. It's dumb when Michael Sheen does it. It's dumb when, Cub- when Stubbins they, does it. Stubbins? <laughs> when Stubbins is like, oh, 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 and they're like, oh, no, you said this, yeah. not this. I'm yeah. just like, oh, come on. Oh, you want some pickles? Oh, worship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, is he a genius? He's just picking up animal language and, yeah. like, I mean, I guess he, they... Uh, Master mimicker. Emma Thompson kind of said it, laid it out that he is a, a genius. and He is special. He's spe- he's one of the special boys. Which brings me to my next point. Is this three movies? We already talked about this. Is this three movies in one movie? I think so you want it to be, but it's not. It could have been. It could be. Yes. So there, there. It first there's the England stuff. Mm-hmm. Then there's the first island. The Rizuli. To try and get the King Rizuli. To try and get the journal of his late wife, who looked who looked nothing like his daughter. His daughter looked nothing like Antonio Bandera. Yeah. Must have got it from Melanie Griffith. Aren't you shocked that his wife wasn't famous? Who is that actress we just talked about? It? Cassia. Oh, Kathy Moriarty? No, who Cassia Cassia Smutniak. You couldn't you paid so much money to get all these other people, we couldn't get like one famous lady to be the dead dead daughter? Yeah, who could who could have signed up real quick? Paltro? Sa- Paltro Sal- could have signed up real quick. Salma Hayek. Salma? Yeah. She could be Antonio's kid. Or Selma. Selma Blair. She has some. She has some uh, <laughs> okay. Mediterranean look. Sure, why not? I'm into that. Give Selma Blair more work. Yeah, <laughs> let's why not? do it. I'm sure Robert could have made a call. Uh, and then they and then they go to the Dragon Island. It was like Pirates of the Caribbean in that there's all these like island stops, but it just felt like there was no impact on any of them. I mean, there That's was really one. what it happened. And there was one. They only needed to go to one besides the Eden Tree Island. Uh, and apparently the the one that they knew of was the was the bandit isle uh, where the journal was kept because that because a dad keeps the white the his daughter's journal as a prized possession. You wanted to bring up Lady Rose. Keep keep talking about Lady Rose. Lady Rose, uh, she's the one that saves the queen's life. So she goes. She begin the movie starts. Some children make their way under Robert Downey Jr. A.K.A. Mr. Doodle, Doctor John the Doodles. She just shows up out of nowhere. By the way, out of nowhere, they don't. They they actually show how Stubbins gets there. Stubbins is also just a trash boy. Yeah, He's just a uh, wearing burlap. Yeah, just yeah. just a a child of the street who yeah. is just a hundred percent dirty all the time. Bad street rat. A grifter, probably a grifter, shows up. Refuses to kill animals. Congrats to him. I'm glad. I'm glad he did that. Great. You're halfway to becoming a sociopath. Uh, he. Saves this. He shoots the squirrel in accident. Takes it to Doctor John Doodle to uh, save the squirrel. Lady Rose is already there. She's already there, saying that the lease is up on this place unless you come and save the queen. I mean, technically, she's right because the queen only knows about his land. And is that why? Okay, she's the one that bequeathed him the land in the beginning. Yeah, she bequeathed him the land, but doesn't he? Doesn't he just get to keep the land? No, because any king could come in and say, "Hey, you remember that queen? Well, she's dead. I'm the new guy. Uh, I'm taking that land." Yeah, Jim Broadbent was about to be like, "Oh, this is where I'm gonna. This is my new. It's my new fuck pad. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) horny palace. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to rank, okay, old British actors horny rankings. What you got? Top three. Top three John, Jim old Broad- British actors? <laughs> Jim Broadbent's probably in the top three. He's Tom- honorable mention, if not if not number three. <laughs> Tom Wilkinson is probably in there. <laughs> no, not. Well, uh, I would say Jeffrey Rush, but he's problematic. Oh, and yeah, Australian. He, he's got to be in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's problematic. Um, uh, Anthony Hopkins is probably number one. Actually, Michael. That's the only three I can think of that are alive. <laughs> Michael Michael Kite. Oh, Michael Caine. Uh, Michael. No. Okay, here I'll give you the four. So it's it's Anthony Hopkins, Michael Caine, Ian McKellen. Uh, oh, Ian McKellen's number one. Yeah, because he's a queen. Yeah, 
He's a queen in all the best ways. Is Jeremy Irons old enough? Yeah, he qualifies. Okay, then he's in, he he's probably number he's, f- he's number two. He's number four. We're putting Broadbent in three. <laughs> he's number two because he was in that weird movie where he played twins, and it was a Cronenberg movie. Oh and yeah, you're sexual. right. They were like sexual <laughs> deviants. They like to watch each other. Actually, weird. there's a lot of old uh, horny Brits. Old so. horny Brits. I think that more skews female. That's the gonna old be horny Brits. That's gonna be the new movie I'm gonna make. Old horny Brits. I'm gonna cast. I don't all, know all why the, that isn't a movie now. I'm gonna cast all those guys. It's gonna be like Bad Grandpa, basically. It, but. It's the Bad. Grandpa meets Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. <laughs> Welcome to the Best Erotic Marigold Hotel! <laughs> <laughs> Dev Patel is in it, too. Yeah, you're right. Of course. He plays the the madam. Um, all right. Let's let's do real good stuff. We There is some stuff. Like the like I said earlier. I laughed out loud three or four times during this small movie. Small jokes were good. Like the small the small jokes you couldn't get past. Uh, uh, during my, my favorite scene was the... Uh, I'll go with my favorite scene, my least favorite scene. Favorite sure. scene, the squirrel surgery at the very beginning. That's pretty good. It's very serious. Very serious, but funny in the same in the same way. Uh, Robert asked for Keith Robinson. Yeah, he, he uh, they're yeah they're they're performing on Craig Robinson, who will die as a squirrel. Uh, they say squirrel weird as in their British accents. Oh, in his Welsh accent. they're like squeals, squeals, squeers, and then. Uh, the duck played by Octavia Spencer. Yep, she yep. he says, "Give me the forceps," and she she has a piece of celery. And then he's like, "No, that's a piece of celery." And he says in his weird accent, "No, it's a piece of celery." No, it's a piece of celery. And then she's like, the, and he's like, she's like, "Okay, here, how about this one?" And he's like, "That's celery again." And then celery again. And then it's a carrot. And then it's another piece of celery. And I'm like, they went on long enough for that joke to be funny. Yeah, yeah. All right. And it was a callback later on during my least favorite scene, which was uh, where they they face off with the dragon. There's a dragon later on. There's a dragon apparently where the Eden tree is. Where the Eden tree is, which has a fruit that saves people from the uh, deadly nightshade who... Saves yourself from poison. Which the queen was poisoned with by her aid because he wanted to be ki- king before Lady Rose could take over the crown. A.K.A. Horny King Broadbent. Yeah, Horny King Broadbent. <laughs> Damn it, he would have been... I, I'll hail Horny King Broadbent, to be honest. I mean, if we're, if we're going to hail somebody, might as well hail Horny, Horny King Broadbent. <laughs> But they're there. To, they're there to get the Eden tree, and there's a dragon, and she's real ornery, and she uh, she's murdering fools here and there. And then the doctor. So this is basic. It's basically the, it's no. basically the scene in Doctor Doolittle with Eddie Murphy where he right. gets the tiger and he saves the tiger's life. Right. But this one is a dragon, and the way that he saves the dragon is she has a buildup in her gut from stress, some grief eating. She ate a lot of armor and people, and got a. Got blocked up, and so he got takes a blocked leak. Blocked up by accessories. Yeah, takes a leak, opens up her butt, takes out all of the stuff out of her butt. Lots of gas involved. This is actually happening. While, stuff. while a gorilla and a uh, polar bear watch and a polar bear are pushing on her stomach to like push the gas out. Push it just her, out her blockage. Dra- <laughs> dragons are just like us, you know. We we eat bagpipes and we get blocked up. That's what happens, yeah. you know. Yeah, it does. And that's what leads him to get that. That happens in like. Ten minutes left in the movie. Unbelievable. They get the the magical fruit. They go back to England. They save the queen's life. And then the queen sits up. You realize it's Jesse Buckley. And you're like, oh, my God, she's hot. This is the hot queen alert. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so I think the last ten minutes are great. I thought you said it was the worst part. It was terrible. It was, <laughs> it was unbelievable that this was the main crux. That was like the climax of the movie. The that, climax that's of the movie. The climax of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh my! And it was just backed up gas. Yeah. We had some blockage. weird, 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 weird. Hey, the British and their butt humor. What are you gonna do about it? God. Their fanny humor. Uh, good stuff though. Uh, you like. The speaking noises we talked about that I did I did like that I did like um uh, uh, uh I you liked it I, I no no sorry sorry I did like how there wasn't really any drawn out scenes and plot lines yeah there was a lot like along the way but none of it lasted more than three minutes yeah the stuff that didn't make sense didn't last too long yeah uh uh Nick you like this one point and we'll move on they didn't bring the wife back to life which I I didn't like they should have brought her back by some sort of yeah mission. but it was the first time that I've ever. Uh, really, for sure, one hundred percent thought that it was going to happen. It didn't happen. That's true. I um, think that maybe they were setting up for a sequel. Like, had had they had there been more uh, more momentum so, behind them, they would add like a bonus scene instead of having Martin Jean get eaten by bats in the bonus scene, which was great. 
Instead, they had her show up. They would have like some some clue to her being alive. Right, right. Um, and then they would have recast her because there's totally no way we could her. tell. They yeah. would have they would have gave it to um, Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan. Karen Karen Gillan. Oh yeah, I'd be 100 percent on board with that. Yeah, that's a great idea. Met. That's yeah. a really great idea. She um, but I could me. see her talking to animals for sure. Mm-hmm. Wow, I could see her as the dragon rider. Twist though, she speaks in an American accent. Oh <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's the main reason I'm okay with Robert Downey Jr. doing all this nonsense where he's speaking Welsh and English accents and is, unintelligible. You mean? Is they do that to us all the time? It's time that we get them back. Who are you talking about? I'm just tired of all these Brits. <laughs> I'm tired of the Brits. The Brits are coming in. They're taking all of our parts. It's a new, it's a new British invasion from across the pond. No, we need to cut it out. Uh, no, I'm all for Americans trying out British roles. Americans be British. But here's the thing. Americans suck at British, uh, uh, voices. I don't care. (laughs) That's, that's, that's the main thing. I don't care. I would love, I would love to have a great British accent. I just don't. You know what I would love to have? A great British baking show, but we can't get what we want. We did have a great American baking show. Did you know that? Yeah, we did. Uh, Aisha Curry was part of it. Aisha Curry part of it and it fucking failed. Um, it's hard to replicate uh, that type of uh, earnestness. Can't catch lightning in a bottle. I'm just. So- I'm sorry to tell you who worked, who didn't. Uh, best for us. It's mutual agreement. Um, squirrel and the duck. <laughs> no to the squirrel. Yes to the duck. Craig Robinson was very funny. The part where he wakes up after the surgery and he's like, when the when the anesthesia wears off, he's something could happen. Lust. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wakes up and then he has that like really crazy flashback. Yeah, you know that was a part written by like Chris McKay and those guys. Good small joke, and it's very funny small joke. Yes, absolutely. A lot of the small jokes worked, like what you said. I mean, right. Uh, Octavia Spencer was good, and uh, Kumail was good. Kumail is funny in everything. He's I don't a, care. He was all right. He was all right, but it, the, the it was clearly scene, comic. Yeah, the opening scene where he's walking out of his little trailer and he sees Doolittle walking towards him. He starts him. running. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. And he's just like, he's just like, I'm oh, not doing this. He's like, today I'm not doing anything. I'm going to go look at stuff. And he's like, oh man, he's looking at me. He's. You could tell that they just let him roll. Yeah. And that's the. That was the good part of the improv. Yeah, that's the, that's the part of. Animated movies that's real tough is like how do you, how far do you let people go like what do you choose then you have to animate their it seems like a lot of work call me naive but I feel like um, that's where they crank out most of the voice voices before animation they have to right well they do a lot of it they do a lot of the general dialogue but I this think. one they did twenty one more days of shooting so they and had to have done some extra stuff yeah 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 of course uh who was worst. Who was the worst besides Stubbins? That accent. <laughs> Stubbins was so bad. Stubbins that kid. Was bad. That kid was pointless. I don't know. I don't know what that was all about. I said this earlier, and I'm going to bring it up again. You could replace Stubbins with Nicholas Holt. I wouldn't tell a difference. <laughs> I mean, he did look. He's wouldn't. a young Nicholas Holt, though. I mean, Nicholas Holt perpetually looks 13 years old. So yeah. there's that. Uh, replace a character with a Muppet. We we had a mutual agreement. Uh, uh, unbeknownst to Nick, uh, we, uh, I agree. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, make it Muppet Treasure Island meets. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, we said it. We said it earlier. It makes a lot of sense. It does. It really does. Put Keira Knightley in it, too. Put Keira Knightley yeah, in this movie. She's not doing anything. Oh, she my God. She should have been the wife. She should have been the wife. She would have been great. She had, the, she had the smoky eye, just like Antonio Banderas. Oh, my God. Who who do we make Dr. Doolittle in that? That's the recast. Uh, it has to be an older gentleman. Uh, I just pulled up Welsh, famous Welsh actors. Yeah, famous Welsh actor. Let's get one of those. Let's do it. We should do famous Welsh actors top five. Is really what we should do. <laughs> Because there's a lot. There's Richard Burton. There can't be a lot. Richard, yeah, there is. Richard Burton, Jonathan Price, Ion Grufford, Catherine Zeta Jones. Okay. I, I, uh, <laughs> Catherine Zeta Jones is Welsh? As a, as a, yeah, she is Welsh. She's half Welsh. Uh, half uh, Welsh Jonathan Price is a sneaky uh, horny. Sneaky horny uh, boy. Uh, Ewan Rion, who played um, Ewan? Ewan? Who yeah. played a. Uh, 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 Creepazoid. Uh, Ramsey Stark. Ramsey, Ramsey Stark. Snow. Ramsey we, Snow. No, he doesn't get anything. Uh, you have. Uh, the the dead guy Andy Whitfield. You have Owen Teal who played um, Christian Bale's wealth. Yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, and then Tom Jones. <laughs> Tom Jones would be Doctor Doolittle. Settle it right there. <laughs> no, let's just make uh, Tom Hardy Doctor Doolittle. Make him. But he's not, he's he would not. speak. He would. He would just do the same exact accent that Robert Downey would, Jr. does in this movie. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mess up uh, uh, <laughs> RDJ's perfect accent. 
Okay, I don't. I don't. Think I own Grufford. That's who I say. I own Grufford or or Jonathan Price. No, make him really old or make him make him actually Welsh. Leave it alone. Recasting. Okay. Let's do the only person. Recast. Only yeah. person I'm actually recasting is Stubbins as uh, Jacob Tremblay because he's the hot. Because you love Jacob Tremblay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no other choice. Weird. Is there any other kid actor? Probably not. And uh, Danny Elfman was not the right choice. He didn't do. He didn't make it hardcore enough song music. We need Hans Zimmer. It's we need, whimsical though. It's too whimsical. We yeah. need we need more adventurous. More adventurous, less whimsical. It was originally called The Voyage of Dr. Doolittle. Because that's a book. That's the book. Yeah, exactly. So a lot more of this took took place on a boat. So we need more boat music. Oh, so the composer should have been Lil Yachty. Oh, wh- oh wow. That could, that could be good. Little that boat. could be good. Because that, you get the Western appeal. That'd be fresh. You get that top American market. Let's now it's time for the top five. Top five. We're going to do top five animals you would want to talk to. Number one, obviously. Dugong is your first choice? No, it's not. It's not a real animal. Respect to Meowth, who can actually speak one of the great... The only Meowth. Yeah. It's only him. Just that... No other Meowth can speak English. Apparently he was savvy enough He was actually... Yeah, he's probably more rare than the Pikachu that Ash had. Cut that part out, Kyle. Top five. Uh, Nick, uh, you want to lead it or you want me to go? Uh, I know mine. Go. Number one, obviously whales. Because they go everywhere. And I, they uh, interact with every other aquatic the same, animal. Mine's on the same. I don't want to speak to your elephants. They they know yeah. a lot. They remember a lot. They have good feelings. They, they're they empathetic. You know, I, that might it would be, be a good conversation. That might be one of my only land choices in my top five. Okay, you got a lot so of I'll sea leave, choices. I put it on my top I'll put it in my number two. No, there's more than than land and sea. Oh. What's your number two? My number two is uh, uh I'm gonna go with you gotta go with the well traveled ones, right? So yeah, we go to the air. You go with the but you go with the migratory bird. So you go with whatever bird travels the farthest. That's the bird that I want. How about a uh, oh a bird that travels the farthest? A long commuting bird, like a like a Canadian geese. Yeah, yeah, Canadian, uh, but something less annoying. A little, but they got a lot to say. Yeah. Oh, they're Canadian, so they're nice. Albatross. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, you're right. Canadian geese is the right choice, but they're not my number two. I'm gonna put them in number five. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So I got my one and my five. My one is elephant. My five. Is Canadian. Geese. They're literally giving me species, genus, and species names. So, the bar-tailed godwit, also known as the Lamosa lapanaca. <laughs> you have the red knot, which is the Calidris canutus. Okay, this is all. <laughs> this is all stupid nonsense words. Yeah, they are. It's fucking Linnaeus. Well, I got my one and five. Who's your five then? Oh, the great snipe. Um, it can travel uh, sixty. Oh yeah, love a snipe. Love, love sixty-eight hundred uh, kilometers. The Shearwater. Yeah, I know where the Shearwater is. The ta- it's also known as a Tasmanian mutton bird. So Tasmanian sheep bird. It can go fucking 30,000 kilometers in one flight. Mutton bird? Yeah, t- t- a Tasmanian mutton bird. That's weird. And then the terns can go far, too. They go 90,000 kilometers. 55,923 miles from pole to pole every year. Okay, forget forget Canadian goose. I'm gonna go. I'm the not turn. going. I'm not going turn. I'm going mutton bird. You're going the mutton bird, Tasmanian a, mutton bird. Tasmanian mutton bird. Good that's what you. I want. That's yeah. a good looking bird. Yeah, that's the one I want to talk to. All right, that's your number two. You that's, said that's my five. <laughs> that I'm oh. going one, and then I went my five. Oh, fill, so you're filling in the gas now. Fill in the middle. <laughs> okay, fine. My number three. Um, I want to know. I want to know darkness. I want to know true darkness. Oh, that's good. I want good. to know that's like true, true like the the insight of a murderer. Okay. So okay. It'll have to be. Oh, you mean metaf- metaphorical darkness? Well, yeah. Well, I'll get there. Well, there's both. Okay. I'll get there. It's I'll get both. there. Yeah. I'll get there. This is this is true psychological darkness. So, but it would only fall something that's incredibly fast that can dwell in both residential, rural, and urban environments. Both all three. All three of those environments, swimmingly, by the way, it is it is a predatory bird of prey. It is the peregrine falcon. It's my number three. Yeah, peregrine falcon. I, I've seen one of those recently. Pretty They're great, great looking birds. Pretty crazy. Pretty crazy animal. Yeah, you'd want to you rest on your shoulder type. Yeah, yeah. Good choice. Good choice. Good choice. Good choice. Number three. 
I'm going to go with... Or whatever your number is. Yeah, I'm going to go with number four. Oh, <laughs> I'll start at number four. I'm going to go with a um, an animal that understra- understands a lot. They they have a mission. They get it done. I, I just want to know their motivation, like how they keep going. What keeps them going? I'm gonna go beavers. Mm. I wanna I wanna talk to some beavers. That's I wanna learn choice. how they how they build. That's a good choice. How do beavers build? I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Uh, the same same mentality, but going with my other darkness uh uh, uh <laughs> allegory. Yeah. Number four, prairie dog. Yeah, prairie dog would be good. Be uh, interesting. Or a meerkat. Prairie dog slash meerkat. Yeah, the mindset of something that travels underground is gotta be Different, you yeah. know, at the very least. I almost something went with a hard, bug. Something that's hard to understand. I almost went with a bug, but I feel like a bug is too... Too dumb. Too, they're too dumb. Well, either that or <laughs> double dark. You're, they're living in darkness, and they have dark minds where they're just where they're just predatory. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to my number two. Finally. Dolphins. Mm. I just... I they, they They're see, so close. They seem like the right water one to choose i feel like we're like one biological step away from fully communicating with dolphins yeah we're cl- we're close to like it. horses they seem like they would be the most relatable too yeah you know i mean dolphins are the horses of the sea so so like dolphins horses you could you can easily communicate them with them in, in one biological step yeah that's Just don't know what that step would be it's a great choice okay rounding out for for mine uh number five octopus like that creepo, that guy in that movie, that yeah. guy in that documentary. Because <laughs> so, because I can interview that specific octopus and say, "Hey, what's that guy like?" That dude tried to fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> you, no, yeah, you do the, you do the, the other documentary after that documentary comes out, yeah. where he's like my octopus teacher, and it's like more like my octopus molester. Yeah, <laughs> my, my octopus is fiend. <laughs> Well, that's a good one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. My number three. I, I want to talk to something around me. So it's, it's really between a dog or a cat. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you only get that conversation for so long. And if it's someone that you're really good friends with, you only get that friend for ten years, ten, twelve years. Yeah, but that'd be cool. That's a tough bond to break because that's like your best friend. That would be, or that they would be like a huge jerk. So that's why I'm thinking maybe dogs not the right choice. Ah, it's tough. Yeah. Dogs could be really, it could be a dumb dog. Cats could be an asshole, you know? Look, look I know what your choice is, and I'm going to spell it out for you. It's the lice that live in your head. Because <laughs> <laughs> your best friends are hanging out with you all the time, and they have their kids you can hang out with forever and ever. You know, you know I'm going to choose? I'm not going to choose my own dog or cat. I'm going to choose the neighborhood cat. Oh, because he's so the, seen some shit. Yeah, the one that roams around. Yeah. They're like they're streetwise. You know, they got some advice for you. They know what's going on. I'm gonna go with one one of that. Shout out to uh, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Uh, mayor, who is the mayor of uh, the town outside of my uh, girlfriend's apartment. Wow. Yeah, he cool he kid. runs the neighborhood. He's having a good time. He's a short legged cat, you know, but he he likes to get pet too. So Come one on. of those guys. Um, genre yeah. bowl. Genre bowl? Should we do it? We pitch a uh, animal talking movie, but in a different genre. Oh yeah, that's fine. The Maasai warriors are a famous uh, indigenous tribe of the plains of Africa. There is a love story that brews between two um, quasi warring uh, factions of the Maasai. Uh, one one of the young hunters, the young lion hunters of the Maasai. Um, Utilizes uh, his his lifelong tribal long tradition of hunting the lion in order to gain the 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 favor of uh, of his love interest in the in the warring tribe in the warring tribe next door. But what he does besides his brethren, it's quite different. He utilizes the uh, environment of the surrounding prey and animals um, of the lions to uh, to help trap. To help trap these beasts, and the way he does it is through communication. He talks to he talks to the birds, he talks to the elephants, he talks to the to the little shrews in the in the in the grass on the plains to coordinate where these tigers are, or where these lions are going to be, how he's going to capitalize on them, and the conflict arises where the quasi warring faction becomes an actual warring faction. Plus, you realize these lions aren't that bad. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm pro any lion movie, so you you know me. 
What genre? What genre would you put that in? Uh, romance, rom com. <laughs> it's a rom com. Okay, cool. I'm going. I'm going western. I'm saying uh, small town. Uh, s- small prairie s- sort of situation. Humans start to settle. They start to kick out the uh, the natural leaders of the group, which is a uh, herd of horses and uh, just a wild group of horses. Dang. And uh, only one person can unite the horse and the people, and it's the man who can talk to both of them. Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron, too. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like a, it's kind of like Spirit meets Black Beauty meets uh, you know a Hidalgo dances with wolves Hidalgo meets dances with wolves. It's actually a lot of it's it's basically dances with wolves. It's an but, amalgamate, yeah. starring Kevin Costner. Uh, but I'm gonna say that it doesn't end in the horses. I mean, in the horses being like slaves. You know, it, yes. they live in harmony rather than rather than like one. Ri- Oh, so this doesn't take place in the Old West. It takes place on the Mongolian steppes, and the Mongolians work together with the horses as not only their pets, but as their life's blood. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) I just helped you out with that. That's a Chinese Western right there. The (laughs) Mongolians love their horses. Wow, yeah, 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 yeah. horses. Horses are a second human. That could be a good movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm down with it. Uh, And so a Western, like a Western shoot-em-up? Yeah. Ooh, okay. I think that... uh, you need to introduce like a third bad guy. The Chinese are the bad guys in this one, maybe. Yeah, obviously the so, the Ting Dynasty. So the Mongolians and the horses—they're the ones that bad have... bad guys' perspective. They have the initial. They have the initial like he- button heads. But they come together. But then they the come together boss. because then the Chinese come in and try to take over both of them. Try to take dominion. They work together yeah. to create a, a harmony, a cohesive environment, which ends up being uh, the rise of, of Genghis Khan and the yeah. Mongolian Empire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Longest lasting 120 year empire yeah. known to man. Yeah, the last thing you see is a, a baby being held up, and they're like, "We're naming him Genghis." It's His like, name is Temujin. <laughs> yeah. I think it's. Uh, I think Temujin stands for something horse related. Well, I think we'll change up. Is it not better than the Big Green? Is this better oh, than Blacksmith? What's a what's another talking animal movie? Another type of talking animal movie, like Happy Feet, or uh, or uh, Incredible Journey. That's like an adventure epic, and that features talking animals that aren't really talking. Yeah, they're like speaking to each other telekinetically. We'll go. Uh, no, this is like Zookeeper. Yeah. Yeah. With Kevin James. That was more along the <laughs> lines of, of what I was thinking too, like zookeeper, but <laughs> on the on the African plane. Oh god. Yeah. Is this better than zookeeper? Probably. Probably. I mean, hey, I'm a zoo, I'm gonna tell you how to get the right woman. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are technically a Kevin James podcast, but I don't think we, we still haven't done a Kevin James movie yet. We don't need to, right? I mean I would rather not, but how is there both might be Paul a, Blarts are both Paul Blarts bad? I don't think so. The second one's under. Yeah, but the first one isn't. No, I would I would re-rate Doolittle as I'll give it a seventeen percent. Paul Blart Mall Cop Two released six years after the original Paul Blart. He was working at the Win. Wow, that's the sequel. We're definitely gotta. We'll do a live podcast in the Win for Paul Blart Mall Cop Two. Five <laughs> percent. Right when right when we get vaccinated, we'll do Damn. that. Yeah, it, yeah, it ran the gamut for speaking of raspberries. Ran, ran the gamut for nominees at the Raspberry Awards: worst picture, worst actor, worst director, worst screenplay, worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel, and worst screen combo. <laughs> it's the worst screen combo. Kevin James and either a Segway or glue on mustache. So there's that. Final thoughts, Nick. It's not better than Big Green. Not better than Big Green. We By long it, shot. I'll rewrite it at seventeen. My blurb is uh, do little. It's it's less. It's nine. I'll give it a nine. Uh, do little with this movie. Um, my blurb. Um, if you enjoy talking to animals in real life, you're just crazy enough to see this movie in person. Okay. My blurb is do little. Maybe do a little more next time. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you beat me. Or no, <laughs> what's my blur? <laughs> God damn it! What yeah. did she say? I know. I, I do, do little, ought to have done less. <laughs> uh, any real recommendations, Nick? 
I I just watched Judas and Black Messiah. Good movie. Did you like it? I'll recommend that. I'll also recommend uh I listened to um this has this has a movie connection. I listened to uh The Dutch House, which is a book by Ann Patchett, uh who is just a really great writer. I just love the way that she writes everything, but it's a uh, narrated or the reader is uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks just oh wow, and he and he just crushes it. Yeah, crushes it. He'd so be great, good. He's he, probably a great book. Narrator. Oh my god, he's so good at it. It it was extremely enjoyable. I bet the next thirty years, a lot of movies, if they're smart, will have Tom Hanks as a narrator. Tom Hanks as a narrator can give you everything. Yeah, he he it's really like Mandy Patampkin. He re- yeah, he really has like he he has all of all of the range, the entire range. Do you know that Manny Patampkin narrated Sea Biscuit? The book? No, the movie. The movie? He was the narrator. Oh wow. How crazy is that shit? <laughs> I've read Sea Biscuit the book. Great book. He probably did the book narration too. Wow. Yeah. I love Mandy. I think he's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. The, so that, also, that's also a TikTok superstar. Oh yeah, he's big. <laughs> big on the talk. What's your recommendation? Uh my real recommendation, um, I mean, the obvious choice is the Snyder Cut uh, Justice League because that's the only Justice League I've ever seen. Um, so it's obviously the superior one. But <laughs> number two would have to I be... I just can't do it. I can't do it. I would have to be a, a, a DMX's role in Romeo Must Die. We have to We have to announce that that uh, the legend uh, uh, Earl... Or Earl... God damn it. What's Simmons. His last name? Earl Simmons Jr. passed away uh, recently. And it's uh, with a heavy heart that we break that news in case you've been living under a rock the past couple of weeks. Because for sure, this is not going to release until the end of the month. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he passed away, and the only way to take it away at this episode is to honor him. So we will do that. But first, we will say, do not watch Doodle Little, but watch it with a kid if you want. If you have one. Yeah, if you have Don't a kid. Don't go take one, but you know. Yeah, if you have a kid, uh, this is a great movie for you. Yeah, enjoy yourselves. Uh, uh, keep it real. Stay rotten. This has been Real Rotten. Uh, tune in next time where we talk about probably a Nick Cage. All right, see you later. Let's get it on. We don't give a what, what, we don't give a what, what.